Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light and welcome to this podcast, a very special one because this is your welcome to the how to become a police officer, even if you've got no idea where to start. This is the welcoming chapter to the book that you're either reading or listening to right now. And it's the first part, uh, first step towards your journey in becoming a police officer, passing everything first time round. That's what we're after. So I'm really, really excited about this. I hope you are too. By following everything that I'm going to talk about and show you, you can pretty much guarantee that you are going to succeed in your police recruitment journey. So pay attention, pay attention to everything I'm going to tell you. This book, this series of podcasts based on the book is as a result of so many of you who have been successful already, all of those blue lighters out there who have been successful already, over 10,000 of you, so many of you over the years have been asking me saying, Brendan, you should do a book on police recruitment. But one of the things that's held me back is the fact that as soon as you publish a book on police recruitment, it's out of date because things are changing all the time. I spend all of my time obsessing about those changes in the police recruitment process so that I can ensure that you're going to be successful in your journey. So they introduce a new type of interview. I will give you guidance on how to approach that new type of interview. They introduce a new assessment center. I'm all over it like a rash to make sure that I provide you with a structured approach that's going to enable you to pass. So a little bit about Brendan, just in case you're thinking, who is this guy? <laughs> Where's he come from? What's he been doing? Why should I actually listen to him? Well, in 1985, I went through the police recruitment process, just like you are either preparing for or actually in at this moment in time. And can I share with you, it was one of the most grueling processes that I've, I've ever been through. Why grueling? Well, because it wasn't just about interviews and assessment centers they actually took us into the welsh mountains this was for the cheshire constabulary a total of six days worth of interviews and assessments and a lot of it was physical three days and two nights of those six days were spent in the welsh mountains where they beasted us up and down mountains we had to cross fast flowing rivers uh, falling off oil drums backwards blindfolded at 11 o'clock at night all sorts of really weird stuff i thought i was joining the royal marines not the uh, police service but I passed it and I passed the final interview and I started in the police in September 1985. Now, how did I manage to get through everything first time? I was 20 years old. How did I manage to get through everything first time? Well, I had someone like me who was helping to support me through the process. He'd not been a police officer before. This was one of my friend's fathers, but he was really wise and he knew exactly the sort of approaches I should take for all the different exercises that I was expecting or even the ones I wasn't expecting to deal with. So, uh, Vincent, thank you very much for all of your support. Um, I hope you are resting in peace wherever you are. Uh, so kind of dedicated to Vincent um, this whole series because in the conversations I had with him all of those years ago, he really, really helped me sort of guide me through uh, some interesting and difficult times uh, that I know you're having now because you know when you're in your early 20s and your teens you're thinking what next what am I going to do How, what's going to what's going to be my future 
Well, I was really fortunate. I got that position in the police, and uh, ever since then, it's just been awesome. What an awesome journey. So, 1985, spent four years in the Cheshire Constabulary, and then I went to Bermuda, worked in the Bermuda Police, uh, ended up as a detective in Special Branch, went to Greater Manchester, got promoted to sergeant very, very quickly. I'd already got passing the sergeant's exam. Um, whole load of roles there, mostly operational, but also spent some time in police training. Got really interested in personnel evaluation systems, things like the competency and values framework. Um, went back to university, studied for a master's in education where I focused on personnel evaluation systems. Became an MVQ assessor, MVQ internal verifier. Did a load of work nationally with what is now Skills for Justice on standards and qualifications and assessment systems. So if you want to blame anyone for the competency and values framework, here I am. <laughs> Some of the work I did in 2000 has eventually resulted in things like the competency and values framework. Um, became an inspector, uh, neighbour of policing. I've been a staff officer to chief officers, uh, back on response. Uh, last year was spent in the strategic change branch and a load of other things as well. What an awesome career. And since I've retired, I've been coaching and supporting people to succeed in the police recruitment process. Over 10,000 people now have succeeded as a result of my support. And I've been doing other work, so I spent three years with the European Union on the International Advisory Board for a big project looking at improving community policing. Spent a lot of work, done a lot of work with police forces and councils, improving their problem-solving capability. Spoken at co uh, conferences about community engagement and problem-solving. Honestly, post-retirement is just as awesome as being in the police. So that's a little bit about me and why you should actually listen to me. Um, hopefully sharing with you a little bit of the kudos I've earned over the years. Um, but it's not I've not always had a successful ride. You know, back in, let's see, it was about 1998, I started getting cocky. I started thinking that, hey, I can walk any interview. And I went for two interviews for national positions, and both of them were absolute train wrecks. Let me share with you. They were Awful. I can remember the chief inspector's face looking at me when I delivered some of the answers, thinking, what on earth was that? Um, and I swore after that that was never going to happen again. Because the thing I did is I took all the advice, the sort of advice that you're probably hearing now, things like just act naturally, just be yourself, and you'll be fine. Just act naturally, just be yourself, just answer the questions honestly. Well, I, I answered all the questions, honestly. I, I acted naturally. I was myself, but I wasn't prepared. I wasn't delivering a structured and detailed approach that was authentic and emotional. I didn't know what I was actually being assessed against. I'd not done my homework. I'd not practiced. I'd not prepared. And as a result of that, I failed at both those interviews. And I swore that was never going to happen again. And so... I was already in, uh, doing my master's in education. And I thought this is an ideal opportunity to start developing systems and processes that are going to work for me in the future. And they did. And they worked for those people who I helped as well. So a lot of people who I helped enforce, a lot of my colleagues get promoted to sergeant, to inspector, uh, to get specialist positions. And so it's something I've been doing now for well over 20 years. Let's see now. Yeah, it's going to be about 25 years, a quarter of a century. So I've been doing this for a long time. So you're in safe hands. That's what I'm trying to say. You're in safe hands. So what we're going to cover um, in this series, in this book? Well, first of all, we're going to take a look at about the police. I'm not going to tell you all about the police. I'm going to tell you what you should be researching to find out more about the police. So the ethos behind what I do is that I'll show you the way, but you've got to do the hard work. You know, the police don't owe you a living. 
let's just get that straight. They don't owe you a living. You're going to have to work hard to earn the right to have that warrant card in your pocket, to earn the right to be one of Her Majesty's servants. Did you know that, that when you became a police officer, you're not actually employed by anyone? The chief constable doesn't employ you, the mayor doesn't employ you, the policing and crime commissioner doesn't employ you. You are not formally employed. You are a servant of Her Majesty the Queen. You are a crown servant. What a special position that is. That's just incredible, isn't it? So I'm going to talk to you in the next chapter about what you need to do to start building up your police DNA, if you like, so that you can just plug in. Once you actually join, you can just sort of plug in. And it makes it easier for your interviews as well, because you know the context of the answers that you're giving. You know how they can be contextualized into the world of policing. So that's what one of the first chapters is going to be about. And then we're going to take a look at uh, self-assessment before we even do things like application forms. We're going to do a self-assessment. So we're going to do a little bit of work around the competency and values framework to see what values and behaviours you need to improve on to ensure that your application form gets through first time. Remember, the purpose of the application form, when you actually do apply, is just to get you an assessment centre or an interview. It serves no other purpose. But this is how forces screen thousands of people out. So we're going to make sure that the work that you do now will prepare you for your application form in several months' time or in a year's time, whenever it may be. The time to start preparing is now. Not what a lot of people do, which is they apply for the police and then they look backwards thinking, what what examples can I use about decision making? What examples can I use about problem solving? What examples can I use about working collaboratively with others? Oh no, I've never challenged anyone's inappropriate behaviour. And that's where they struggle because they've not been preparing to, and they've not been pushing themselves and giving 120% without being asked to do so against the values and the behaviours required by the competency and values framework. And it's the College of Policing Competency and Values framework that you're going to be assessed against. So we're going to do a little bit of work around self-assessment. Um, then we're going to take a look at what sort of things should I be doing to gain that experience? And we're going to take a look at why the special constabulary probably isn't the best idea. Although there may be so many people around you saying, join a special constabulary and that will give you loads of opportunities to demonstrate your capability as a future police officer. Um, No, it won't actually. And it's not going to make any difference in the recruitment journey. And actually, if anything, I'm going to share with you in that chapter about why being a special constable might actually be detrimental to your police recruitment journey. So I'm going to look at the sort of things that you should be doing that are going to be faster than joining a special constabulary, because that can take more than several months. I'm going to talk to you about the sort of things that you can do here and now to improve your skills, to improve your behaviours, to enhance your values so that your application form ready. Um, And then we're going to take a look at what the police actually offer you, because it is an awesome career. If you give a lot, they can give you a lot back. So that's going to be the next chapter. Uh, Moving on from there, making sure that you comply with all the eligibility rules. Because so many of you get through all of the recruitment process. You're successful at the assessment centre. You're successful at the interview. And then you get all the way to the end and find that actually you're not eligible to join that particular force. But you might have been eligible to join another force. Or you just find that you're just not eligible full stop. And you've done all of that work only to get heartbroken right at the very end of it. 
so I'm going to talk to you about that. That's really important. Forces leave the eligibility checks until the end. Bizarrely. But that's just what they do. Uh, then we're going to take a look at uh, qualifications um, and the sort of experience that they're looking for. That will build upon that self-assessment work, making sure you've got the right qualifications to actually join the service, the police force that you want to join. Because there's 43 Home Office forces out there, and then we've got Police Scotland, Police Service of Northern Ireland, Ministry of Defence Police, Civil Nuclear Constabulary, all the smaller forces like ports of Belfast Police, but you didn't even know they existed. And then we've got states of Jersey, Guernsey, Isle of Man Police. There are so many police forces out there that you can join. Uh, some of them might require you to have residency conditions, um, but they all have different qualifications requirements. They all have different requirements, things like driving license, um, uh, six points or nine points. Do you have to have a driving license? I'm going to go through all of that because that's really, really important. Um, so look what we're going to look at as well. After that, we're going to take a look at the application form, uh, what the actual process involves. So making sure that you are really clued up about what's going to happen at every stage and what you can start doing to prepare for each stage. I've no idea what chapter number we're up to by now. I think it's chapter 10 or something. Uh, we'll take a look at the application form. Then we're going to take a look at what you should be doing to prepare for the assessment centre. Next chapter, we'll be looking at the Enforce interview all the different things that can occur in the police uh, interview, all the different types of questions that you could get asked, uh, looking at the impact of being a police officer, uh, some of the challenges that you're going to face as a police officer and how you can react to them. Uh, moving on from there, we're going to take a look at... Let's have a look at my notes. Oh, yeah, how to make sure that you secure an earlier intake date rather than what some people are getting which is they're being given a probable start date which is two years away so they've already spent a year in the recruitment process and then they're giving get they're getting given a probable start date that's two years away you can avoid that and i'm going to show you how and then we're going to take a look at the different routes in um, we're almost at the end now. All the different routes that you can take to join the police, from police now to direct entry detective to police constable to firearms officer. And who knows, by the time I get to that chapter, there may be one or two more different ways in. Um, also, there's things like direct entry inspector, direct entry superintendent, but they're starting to fall out of favour a little bit. So a whole lot of stuff's going to get covered, and then we're going to top it all with frequently asked questions. Those questions that people tend to ask in the awesome Facebook group, the community of almost 20,000 members, people who have got a shared interest in police recruitment and joining the police, over the years, so many questions get asked and they tend to be the same questions. So those frequently asked questions, I'm going to go over those in the final, final chapter. Actually, that's not the final chapter because once you've succeeded in the police recruitment process and you've got that warrant card in your pocket, now what? So I'm going to talk to you about what you can do to ensure that your career is not just successful, but ultimately is fulfilling as well because there's a massive difference between having a successful career and having one that is successful and fulfilling.
So what do you think, folks? You excited? Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be sharing all of this knowledge, this understanding, and this practical experience with you throughout the course of this book and all the podcasts that go with this book. It's just going to be awesome. I can't wait. And please remember, at any time, if you're confused about anything or you're not sure about anything, just reach out to me, info at bluelightconsultancy.com, and I'll be there at the other end to answer any questions that you might have. Or if you're in the Facebook group, you'll see me posting in there all the time. You can always contact me via Messenger. So I hope you're excited about the next chapter, where we're going to take a look at about the police, about the police, and look at what you need to do to ensure that the police is in your DNA. I'll catch you on the other side. Bye-bye for now. Bye.